0: The Whiskey Mistress.
1: And it's her show. She knows about whiskey and stuff. Hi, this is Debbie Showcare on Believe in the Whiskey Whiskey Mistress on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? It has actually been quite a while since we talked about the actual production of whiskey and I thought today let's get back to that because you know we've pretty well talked about three of the four major steps in whiskey production. We've covered mashing, fermenting, and distilling. We even talked about the two primary still designs and why they matter. So we're all the way up to the point that we have new whiskey flowing from the still. So now what? What is that fourth major step in whiskey production? It's maturing. Well, did you know that whiskey that comes out of the still, it's colorless and harsh, and only time can change its nature to the mellow amber beverage we all enjoy. Whiskey gets 100% of its color and at least 50% of its flavor from the wood it's stored in, and these barrels, they're laid away for years at a time. And during the hot summer months, when everything expands, the whiskey inside the barrel actually expands and gets pressed a little deeper into the pores of the wood. Now, from time to time, you'll hear about barrels being charred or uncharred. You see, what they discovered, quite by accident... Did you know that all of alcohol is basically an accident? They discovered, quite by accident, that if you burn the inside of the barrel, if you char it quite heavily, you get a better product. And the way they discovered this, the whiskey makers began purchasing used barrels from the companies that shipped food up and down the river. And before they could put their whiskey in them, they had to sanitize them. Cheapest way to sanitize it? you burn it. You char it quite heavily. And they found that those barrels were making a much better product. First of all, you're caramelizing those wood sugars, tannins, and lactones. And secondly, well, we all know what a burnt piece of wood looks like. It's been flaked open. So there's loads more surface area waiting for the whiskey to interact with. Now, it's interesting to note that unlike some wines that may continue to mature and develop inside the bottle, once the whiskey leaves the barrel, it's done. It will never be any better than that moment it has its last kiss from the wood. So what kind of wood do they use? Well, you know, barrels were used to store and transport everything from food to dry goods and even hardware. Oak has been the wood of choice because it's waterproof. The good stuff doesn't leak out. Softer woods like pine might be used for dry goods, but oak, that has always been the wood of choice for wine and whiskey. And, you know, every reasonable-sized community would have had a cooperage attached. A cooperage is a barrel maker. Fun fact! If your last name is Hooper or Cooper, somewhere in your family history are, you guessed it, barrel makers. And magic happens. The maturation process happens when new whiskey spends time in a barrel. And in the era before modern fast transportation, say a century or more ago, when donkeys or mule trains might have been the mode of transport for, well, everything, well, new whiskey had time in the barrel to mature. Sure, maybe it wasn't the carefully guarded maturing process that whiskey enjoys today, but even those slow trips by train, wagon, or mule would give the whiskey enough time in the barrel to take away some of the bark from that white dog. White dog? Well, it's how we refer to unaged, new, legally distilled whiskey. Moonshine is the usual term for illegal distillate, most often made by the light of the moon when the revenuer isn't watching. Today, in the creative craft distilling movement, you see a lot of very cool experimentation, even in the wood used to mature the whiskey. Westland, a fine craft distillery up in Seattle, is experimenting using specific varieties of oak that are native to the Pacific Northwest. And you've heard me mention Green Bar Distilleries Slow Hand Woods Single Malt a number of times here. And they mature their whiskey in 1,000 and 2,000-gallon French oak barrels. And then, going further, they submerge toasted staves. A stave is one of the long boards that runs the length of a barrel. They submerge staves made of five other types of wood. It further enhances the flavor. And in doing it this way, it doesn't matter if those particular types of wood are watertight or not. I knew another craft distiller who sourced wood from areas that had experienced a natural wildfire. Mm -hmm, That's right. He used wildfire-ravaged wood to flavor his whiskey. And boy, was it good. See, again, passionate distillers making great whiskey because they are courageous enough to think outside the barrel. Yep, maturing. It's time and whiskey and wood, along with input from the environment, weather, air quality, and other components, as well as local temperature. Maturing changes white dog to amber gold. And now you know.
0: It's time for the Whiskey News with Debbie Shokan.
1: The cure for a hangover? Well, this was a fun news item. Uh, Let me tell you, back when I was the lead instructor at a highly respected bartending academy in Los Angeles, I was often asked by the new students questions about hangovers. And the number one question was, is it true that if you mix different liquors, you'll end up with a worse hangover? (laughs) To that, I always chuckled. And reminded the whole class that a hangover is not the result of which liquors you're drinking, but how much you drink. For instance, if I have a vodka gimlet followed by a whiskey and perhaps a glass of ice wine after dinner, I shouldn't be bothered with any sort of hangover, provided the hard liquors at 80 proof. So, you know, pay attention to what you're drinking. I am presuming I enjoyed these tasty beverages over the course of a couple of hours during dinner with friends. If, however, I have five whiskeys in that same period, that same time period, all the same kind of liquor, I guarantee you I'm not going to be feeling well later. It's a matter of how much you drink. And that's going to vary from person to person, of course, but what if I told you Researchers think they may have found a cure, no, really more of a preventive, for the hangover. It seems that a supplement of L-cysteine may significantly reduce hangover symptoms in people who take it while they're drinking. It showed really convincing results, reducing anxiety, headaches, and nausea. Of course, they did a blind test with some participants taking a placebo, but the results seemed pretty clear. The subjects who took a 1,200 milligram pill of the supplement L-cysteine had greatly reduced symptoms of a hangover, and some had no symptoms at all. And yes, they were in a controlled environment and drank until intoxicated. What some of us will do in the name of science, huh? Well, the good news, the supplement... L-cysteine can be purchased over-the-counter pretty much everywhere. You might find it in your market, certainly at your favorite vitamin or health food store, and on most of your favorite online retailers. Now, check with your doctor before taking any new supplement. This is not advice. I'm just reporting. Now, blah, 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 legal indemnification stuff. But yeah, now how's that for some good news? (music) Hey, thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, if there's any corrections that you have for me, you know I don't mind that. Please make sure you send me an email at mistress at gmail.com. That's believe, B L E A V, in the whiskey with an E, mistress at gmail.com. Join me next time on Believe in the Whiskey Mistress on the Believe Podcast Network.
0: The